Welcome to First Formation, spiritual exercise for Christian soldiers looking to get the fuck up and pray. Join Pew Pew HQ every weekday morning to hear the good news through grunts and with grunts in the unity of the Holy Spirit as one church forever and ever. Fall in. Psalm 64 Hear my voice, O God, in my complaint. Preserve my life from dread of the enemy. Hide me from the secret plots of the wicked, from the throng of evildoers, who wet their tongues like swords, who aim bitter words like arrows, shooting from the ambush at the blameless, shooting at him suddenly and without fear. They hold fast to their evil purpose. They talk of laying snares secretly, thinking, Who can see them? They search out injustice, saying, We have accomplished a diligent search, for the inward mind and heart of a man are deep. But God shoots his arrows at them. They are wounded suddenly. They are brought to ruin with their own tongues turned against them. All who seek them will wag their heads. Then all mankind fears. They tell what God has brought about and ponder what he has done. Like the righteous one, rejoice in the Lord and take refuge in him. Let all the upright in heart exult. Job chapter 18 verses 1 through 21 Then Bildad the Shuhite answered and said, How long will you hunt for words? Consider, and then we will speak. Why are you counted as cattle? Why are we stupid in your sight? You who tear yourself in your anger, shall the earth be forsaken for you? Shall the earth be forsaken for you? Or the rock be removed out of its place? Indeed, the light of the wicked is put out, and the flame of his fire does not shine. The light is dark on his tent, and his lamp above him is put out. His strong steps are shortened, and his own schemes throw him down. For he is cast into a net by his own feet, and he walks on its mesh. A trap seizes him by the heel, a snare lays hold of him. A rope is hidden for him in the ground, a trap for him in the path. Terrors frighten him on every side, and and chase him at his heels. His strength is famished, and calamity is ready for his stumbling. It consumes the parts of his skin. The firstborn of death consumes its limbs. He is torn from the tent in which he trusted, and is brought to the king of terrors. In his tent dwells that which which is none of his. Sulfur is scattered over his habitation. His roots dry up beneath, and his branches wither above. His memory perishes from the earth, and he has no name in the street. He is thrust from the light into darkness and driven out of the world. He has no posterity or progeny among his people and no survivor where he used to live. They of the west are appalled at his day and horror seizes them of the east. Surely such are the dwellings of the unrighteous. Such is the place of him who knows not God. 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verses 18-31 through For the word of the cross is folly to those who are perishing. But to us who are being saved, it is the power of God. For it is written, I will destroy the wisdom of the wise, and the discernment of the discerning I will thwart. Where is the one who is wise? Where is the scribe? Where is the debater of this age? Has not God made foolish the wisdom of the world? For since in the wisdom of God the world did not know God through wisdom, it pleased God through the folly of what we preach to save those who believe. For Jews demand signs and Greeks seek wisdom, but we preach Christ crucified a stumbling block to Jews and folly to Gentiles. But to those who are called, both Jews and Greeks, 
Christ, the power of God and the wisdom of God. For the foolish of God, foolishness of God is wiser than men, and the weakness of God is stronger than men. For consider your calling, brothers. Not many of you were wise according to worldly standards. Not many were powerful. Not many of you were of noble birth. But God chose what is foolish in the world to shame the wise. God chose what is weak in the world to shame the strong. God chose what is low and despised in the world, even things that are not, to bring to nothing things that are, so that no human being might boast in the presence of God. And because of him, you are in Christ Jesus, who became to us wisdom from God, righteousness and sanctification and redemption, so that, as it is written, let one who boasts, boast in the Lord. Good morning and welcome to the third Monday after Pentecost. This is Brother Logan Isaac broadcasting from Laguna Niguel, California. This morning's readings come to us from Psalm 64, Job 18, and 1 Corinthians 1. The, uh, today is also the feast day of a little-known soldier saint by the name of Oliver Brown. Uh, his middle name, Oliver Leon Brown, um, real careful readers of history might notice that he is the named plaintiff in Brown v. Board of Education, the 1954 Supreme Court decision that struck down segregated education. And uh, he was one of the few, I think he was one of the few fathers. Most of the plaintiffs were mothers representing uh their their children, sons or daughters, um, in Topeka, Kansas. And uh, Thurgood Marshall and the um, NAACP Legal Defense Fund chose Oliver to be the first plaintiff, not only because he was a, a guy, but also because he was a veteran. Um, he was also a minister. When he was named as a plaintiff, he was training in seminary, um, and uh, he would later serve two African Methodist Episcopal churches, one in Springfield, Missouri, and the last one in his native Topeka, Kansas. Um, and he died this day in 1961, uh, less than a decade after Brown v. Board of Education uh, passed through the Supreme Court. And at the time, it wasn't a, you know, it wasn't, uh, it wasn't a big historical event not for most Americans, and by most I mean white America. Um, when we think of like Ruby Bridges and some of the, the classes that came, that was activists in the late 50s, early 60s, forcing the states to enforce Brown v. BOE. Um, but Brown v. BOE, that was, that was the, it is a landmark case, but at the time it, it was like, like Roe v. Wade, like when it was passed, people didn't quite make it the big deal that we do now because of the implications. Um, but it was Brown v. Board of Education that um, enabled and empowered uh, activists across the country to force the hands of states and to require them to um, you know, abide by federal law. And so Oliver Brown, I actually think of, of him a little bit as we read, as we read this morning. Um, the, the the reading from Job goes on and on about how um, the wicked and the unrighteous suffer all these things. And Job's friends, 
Bildad including them, included among them, um, have this, I don't know, idealized view, like this is, this is the Bible condemning the idea of karma. Um, they don't, we all would love to believe that the wicked get treated wickedly, um, that segregationists and um, neo-Nazis get their due, and they don't always. Um, it's just not true. Sometimes they do. Uh, we have a society, and many societies around the world um, aspire to treat wrongdoers um, the way they should be treated, but that's that's not the case. Clearly, that's not the case. Um, and if that's not the case, then it's not true, as Bildad suggests, that those who suffer are also wrongdoers. Like, we can't make a one-to-one -one equation between doing wrong and receiving, uh, you know, wrong or evil or hardship. Um, like, karma doesn't exist, right? 200, 400 years of chattel slavery doesn't just disappear overnight. Like, we didn't solve anything. Brown v. Board of Education and Keys v. Carolina Coach, all these uh, law or uh, SCOTUS decisions... Uh, were the African-American community pushing America to realize its some of its highest aspirations. Um, I, I read somewhere, I can't remember where it was, but um, the, the punchline was, um, you know, the civil rights movement made America free because it wasn't free. Uh, it forced our systems and many of our own people to wrestle with the fact that we were saying one thing and doing another. Um, I remember when, right after I got out, in fact, within a couple of days of beginning my terminal leave, I should look it up, but I sat down in a Starbucks and I just did this. I used to journal a lot. Um, and I wrote this article, this essay, um, reflecting on a visit that I made to uh, the Liberty Bell in Philadelphia. Um, I had I had visited Philly uh, in the spring, right as I was beginning my CO process. By the time I got out, I felt pretty disenfranchised in terms of like, well, I just yeah disenchanted. And anyway, so I wrote this piece and I I reflected on the Liberty Bell how it's cracked. It cracked right after it <laughs> rained for the first time. Like we we aspire to do good people nations but we fall short and we won't improve unless unless there's some reason to um the liberty bell was rung once cracked and now it's being held together by a hidden system of supports and i reflected in this essay about like if you go look under its skirt you'll see it you won't see it if you just look at it face you know head on and it's meant to be you're not meant to see the supports it is built so that you can pretend that this bell, this bell is, you know, is great. But it's, it is just a symbol. It rang once, and then it cracked, um, and so it means much more than it really is. Um, and I say that because, like, things like Project Sixteen Nineteen, I think that's what it is, where you know it's delving into the the hidden history of the founding of America, 
which predates, you know, 1776, the Declaration of Independence. Like, the colonies were built on slavery, especially Virginia, um, Georgia, and the Carolinas. Like, they, from the very beginning, we used slavery. The founders um, wrestled with it, and they didn't have an answer for it. Um, they knew that it was evil. They knew, many of them, knew that it, it could not exist in a society that called itself free. They knew that it was broken from the start, but it aspired to be more. Um, and so um, Oliver Brown, the namesake plaintiff of Brown v. Board of Education, is one of these many, you know, miss, now underappreciated saints, soldier saints. Um, like there, he wasn't the only plaintiff, um, but they named him in part because he was ordained, in part because he was a veteran, um, and he was the only father who stood up to um, represent his child uh, all the way to the Supreme Court. And so it's, I think it's symbolic that you know the day after Father's Day, we have the the feast day of Oliver Brown, um, a soldier saint, a veteran, a minister, who stood up for what was right, even after he fought overseas, um, and did so as a father, as a veteran, as a person of faith, um, to remind us that what what seems to be the, the way things should be are not the way things are, and they won't change unless we stand up and demand, demand change, expect change, and enforce change sometimes. A prayer for sound government from the Book of Common Prayer. O Lord, our governor, bless the leaders of our land, that we may be a people at peace among ourselves and a blessing to other nations of the earth. Teach our people to rely on your strength and to accept their responsibilities to their fellow citizens, that they may elect trustworthy leaders and make wise decisions for the well-being of our society, that we may serve you faithfully in our generation and honor your holy name. For yours is the kingdom, O Lord, and you are exalted as head above all. Amen. Thank you for falling into First Formation, where Pew Pew HQ shares morning prayers for the humble, hardy folk caught in the crosshairs of God and country. If you like what you've heard, you can participate in one of the three following ways. First, you can support the podcast at patreon.com slash pewpewhq. You can contribute as little as a dollar a month, and you can cancel at any time if I ever piss you off. Second, you can become a co-host by recording a lectionary reading for a future episode. Instructions will be provided, and you don't have to be a grunt to collaborate with pewpewhq in this or any way. Finally, you can also record and send prayer requests of a minute or less. Prayers can be included in the episode, read anonymously if you wish, or kept private for me to pray for off-air. So there you have it, three ways to participate in First Formation. I hope you'll continue to listen, even if I can't convince you to jump in. This has been Brother Logan Isaac, always faithful, always family. Semper Familia.